Hey everybody, Alex here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another uh, bonus episode of the OKB's OK podcast. Today's a little different, actually. Uh, we compiled all of our PAX West uh, recap videos and uh, stripped them down to just the audio and uh, spliced it all together so that you all could listen to our um, our impressions of all the games that we played at PAX West, including uh, Groundhog Day VR, Doom Eternal, Google Stadia, uh, Disintegration, tons of awesome indies. Just know that we were not recording these in our usual setup. In fact, on the, on the third day, we were shooting completely on a mobile rig. And so, uh, you know, audio was not uh, up to snuff with maybe our episodes where we're sitting in our homes and recording. Uh, but re regardless, I think this is going to be a, a very cool episode. For those of you who want to um, hear our thoughts on all the games we played at PAX, right, I'm going to stop talking now. Enjoy. Yo, what's up? Welcome to day one of our PAX West discussions for 2019. Of course, I'm Blessing at EOA. Joining me, I have Alex Van Aken. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are doing you? Good? I'm doing pretty good. Nice. Played some video games. Yeah. Going to talk about some video games. Yep. Um, so some let's good talk. Ones. Let's, some good ones. Let's talk about them. And so uh, PAX West started on Friday. Um, I was on Thursday. I was at uh, the ID at Xbox event, uh, okay. which, is, which is an event that Microsoft throws. Uh, they show off some indie games. Okay. Um, and I played a few. What what did you play? I played. Uh, well, first I played this game, Stella. Okay. Um, S T E L A. That was um, the one that you went into the event knowing you were going yes, to play. Yes, that's correct? the one that I had an appointment for. That was okay. the only one I had an appointment okay. for, and then I was able to kind of migrate and check a few other games out. But that was okay. the one I was kind of looking forward to checking out because um, they sent in the email. I read the email and um, the press release, and the game is essentially described as a cinematic platformer. Um, it's kind of in the vein of games like Limbo and Inside. It's that type of game where it's less about the platforming execution in something like Celeste or Mario and way more about um, the, I guess, the atmospheric cinematic experience. You're solving puzzles more than you're actually platforming. You're trying to figure out how to get to like the next area um, in the game. Um, and like the whole thing here, uh, instead of like, you know, how in, inside you're in a facility in limbo, I guess you're literally in limbo, um, <laughs> in, in Stella, I'm not exactly sure exactly where they place you. Cause they, they, I think they placed me like later in the game, okay. uh, but it seemed to be like an out outdoorsy, like, um, like wooded area, like a forest type deal, but like maybe like a haunted And does it forest. have, like, would you, you know how inside starts off in the woods? Yes. Is it that sort of mood and vibe, like the spookiness and? It's it's that, except it's more um, sepia tone. Okay. It's not like because uh, inside was very much like gray, um, some like dark reds, some blacks. Um, but yeah, Stella was very much like more sepia, more foggy. Um, it try to it, it, it try to emulate a lot of what Inside and Limbo had going for them. Um, I don't think it doesn't necessarily hit like the highs of Inside and Limbo. Like one of the thoughts I was having while playing was like, oh man. Like this is this is what makes this is why Inside and Limbo are so special is that like Inside is just like a a, a phenomenal experience yeah um super polished every animation has purpose like it is like a perfect perfect um perfectly designed and polished video game whereas Stella which this seems to be like from a, I don't know if I can say a smaller team but at least like they don't have as much of a budget as as the Inside team right they're working okay. they're working on a smaller scale and so some of the animations felt like they weren't all the way there some of what they had going on as far as like um uh like there's a couple bugs I ran, I ran into okay. um there there are a few things going on but like the the, the enemies in the game are these like Wendigo type enemies all which right. are like yeah. these like humanoid esque beast creatures like long limbs yeah um, those are 
I hate Wendigos. Yeah, like they are. They're scary. Yeah, they're creepy. They're freaky. Um, they're like they're aliens almost. If aliens almost. were scary, if aliens were from <laughs> Earth, which I guess are just humans, but um, <laughs> overall, Stella, I, I I enjoyed my time with. Uh, soundtrack was awesome. Nice, uh, like the atmosphere. Some of the some of the animations and some of the polishing was a bit rough, but this game, uh, man, I can't remember if it comes out later this year or in 2020. I think it was actually later this year. And oh so, wow, okay. Like, I'm hoping that they're able to polish that stuff up. Um, but the game, so I played that. I played a couple other games that I had Xbox. Uh, Skater XL, which is a skate type game. Nice. Um, similar to a game like Skate 3. I'm sure everybody's And are you like with. flicking with the analog sticks? Yeah, tricks exactly. And all that? Almost okay. the exact same controls. Yeah, there's like uh, a few tweaks. I can't remember exactly what's different because the control very much the same. Like it's left, okay. left analog stick controls the left leg, right analog stick controls the right leg. You are uh, pressing down and up on the right analog stick to, to Ollie, um, okay. doing like your, um, uh, like, quarter circles to like do pop shove it's um and kick flips and stuff um fun game um my one thing is that like if you have access to skate 3 i think you might as well just play skate 3 skate 3 it, this <laughs> this game doesn't necessarily match not okay. to skate 3 but it's it's this game is coming out on switch and on current gen platforms oh that's skate awesome which is yeah yeah and so like if you want to skate, is everything exactly um it's not open world like skate okay. uh, like skate is but um do you know if they're gonna have a, a level builder at all I don't. It skate seems, didn't have one, did it? It did. Oh, well, it did at it? least okay. Skate Three did. I don't know about the other ones. The other ones, yeah. Um, because I've only played Skate Three. Okay. I, and like comparatively, like this game seems like it's very scaled back um, compared to Skate Three. Okay. What I know, but it's a fun skate game. If you want to mess around in Skate, um, it definitely fulfills that. And then I also played uh, this game Super Liminal, which I'm very mm, excited for. You've been telling me about this one. Yes, it was revealed during E3 at the kind of funny game showcase. And uh, the whole thing is that it's a first-person puzzle game where perspective shifts. Okay. Um, and you solve puzzles by shifting perspectives. And so, like, say, like, um, my phone, right? My phone's on the table. I can pick up my phone, bring it closer to me. And you know how, like, the way perspective works, right? When I bring something close to me, it gets bigger because it's close to me and close, it's close to my eyes, right? Yeah. Uh, in the game, if I bring something close to me, right, and I drop it, all of a sudden, it's huge. Like, all of a sudden, like, if I drop it... So it matches the scale. It matches the you, scale. And it's legit... That's interesting. It's legit wild when it happens because, like, they do a good job of, like... I picked up a pawn. Um, like a chess pawn? Like a chess pawn, yes. Okay. Like, a, um, like a chess pawn. And I picked it... I, I held it up, uh, brought it close to my face, dropped it, and it was, like, boom. Like, it had like it had a cool, like, effect of, like, wow. You know what's funny? Huge. I feel like there's so many video games, for some reason... I think they just love modeling chess pieces because yeah, <laughs> I think it's. The I mo- mean, I'm, I'm here for it. It's but. probably like it's the most recognizable thing. Yeah, so everybody's right? like, oh, I don't know what, what a chess piece looks <laughs> That's like, funny. and so like, but yeah, like I thought that game, like the demo I played was super awesome. The puzzles felt super cl- clever. Okay. There was some mind bending stuff going on there. It reminds me of a game like um, Anti Chamber, which is another first person mm, puzzle game, okay. which has like some weird stuff going on, and like The Witness. Um, games like that and so I'm really excited for this game the only thing I would say is that like it had some frame rate uh, issues uh, and I assume like a big part of it is that like the um, when you get close to an object it, you can you can kind of tell that it's adjusting for size it's adjusting for that perspective yeah um, and so I'm hoping that the final product the frame rate will be better I don't know okay. if they I don't know if they can get it perfect because there's a lot of like technology going on there okay um but, but overall it's, but it's cool regardless cool regardless if it comes yeah. out with the frame rate that it has like of course that'll be a bummer but i'll still play it and i'll still very much enjoy it and i still recommend checking it out because okay. it's a really cool game but that was my time at id at xbox um and that was thursday yeah. let's talk about friday friday because we were both at pax on friday yep alex we both played disintegration man tell me about it man disintegration is really cool uh so it's the upcoming game from the people uh, i believe they they worked on halo reach um, and also Kerbal Space Program. It's kind of like a joint effort between... Is it really? 
I believe so. Because I, I, I know, like, the game's being published by Private Division. Oh, yeah, that's also, what it is. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Private Division also publishes yeah. uh, Kerbal. Yeah. But the, the, the dev team worked on Halo. Gotcha. My apologies. Um, but Disintegration is really cool. It's a first-person shooter um, mixed with a real-time strategy game. Mm -hmm. And so um, the way they kind of illustrated it was you had your, your right hand and your left hand. And your right hand, a lot of the buttons were for the FPS. I feel like it didn't necessarily uh, equate to that, like on the controller, but that was like the illustration. Yeah, and, our little and presentation. I kind of yeah. When they pre when they presented the game to us, they were like, "Oh yeah, your your, your right hand is the first person shooter, and your left hand is like the strategy." Yeah, right. And I that's kinda, not quite what it is, but yeah, I get what they're saying. If, I, yeah, because like it's like the D pad you can use to command your troops. Yeah. The, um. Uh. I guess L one and L two are like your um, hover. Hover. Yeah. Hover up. Hover yeah. down. Because you're playing this game in a ship. I guess. Yep. Um, and so like, yeah, I, I can kind of see what they're going for. Um, and I thought, I thought the way they executed it seemed to work pretty well. Yeah. I, uh, I was a big fan. Um, so you are in these, it's in the future, uh, and you are in these, um, I can't recall the exact name for the ships, but you're all in these big ships. And mm -hmm. like Blessing said, you can hover up and down, you can boost, uh, and you're also, you're equipped with weapons on your ship. Um, and so you are, you are in a arena multiplayer map. Um, we were playing uh, something called Retrieval, which was a um, two-round objective-based attack and defend mode, wherein you go, you find a bomb, and then you escort, uh, because the thing with this game is, you're also in a spaceship, but you have troops on the ground that you control like a real-time strategy game, where mm. you click on a location, and they move there, and then with the D-pad, like Blessing said, um, they have your units have different abilities. And so this game mode, we were tasked with um, going and having our units, like directing them to pick up a bomb. And then as we're fighting other people, like in a F FPS game, we are also, we also had to like point and click essentially yeah. and have our units move to the objectives. Yeah. And, um, it, it was, it was a really interesting mix. It, it, I think they showed it off last week for the first time at Gamescom. Yes. Uh, and so I was eager to play it because I didn't even know it was going to be playable here. Yeah, it was and, actually by surprise. Yeah, and it was really polished too. Like super polished. I feel like that game is coming year. out spring. I bet. Yeah, like, it was far along. Yeah, they said it's coming out twenty twenty, and Legia was shocked by how well it played. Yeah, um, they didn't say spring, but that's just me, you know, yeah, guessing. But it's like, really well polished. I, I, I really like the art style. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, maybe not the art style, but like the I guess just the style of it. Yeah. Because yeah. like they have like these different classes. And each, like they had the tech noir class. Mm -hmm. They had like this like Mad Max kind of looking class. Um, each each of the classes seemed to have like very distinct, very like high energy styles, which yeah. I really liked. Uh, I think they, I think they had like almost like a cyber looking class. They, I think those were the uh, oh, I can't remember what they're called, but they were like sleek blue, purple. Like there, were, I think there was like six different ones. But the, on the chart that they showed us, I think there was nine. Mm -hmm. They didn't all have a lot of them had logos on them. Like there was the warheads, the tech noir that we played, which were um healers um and but there were nine of them on the splash screen that they showed us but they mm -hmm. gave a little presentation before we played um they didn't all have logos so i'm wondering if some of those are still pro they're probably still being yeah, fleshed still out working, yeah still working um, on but them. they all looked really cool awesome, you know, regardless yeah. so i really liked what i saw disintegration, disintegration. very yes. cool right after we played disintegration i went and i played best friends forever okay uh which is a dating sim that's coming out from uh, i don't know the name of the from the devs but they're from new zealand um, and the game kind of takes place in a New Zealand like setting. Okay. Um, they, when I asked them, they said that the um, the city that the game takes place in isn't really a real city, but it's based loosely Inspired off by... like New Zealand. Okay. Um, the whole idea of the game <clears throat> is a dating sim where you're in a town that like where everybody owns a dog. 
Um, and so like the dogs play like a very uh, integral role uh, of the dating life. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. The the writing was pretty pretty fun. The writing was pretty unique. Okay. Um, it, it felt to me like kind of like your run of the mill dating sim. It had, if you played um <clears throat> if you played Dream Daddy, um, or if okay. you're familiar with Dream Daddy, it had Dream Daddy vibes. Okay. Um, that sort of deal. Um, yeah. Overall, I enjoyed it. it had some bugs, but I, I there are bugs that they can iron out. Um, okay. So I don't have I don't have too much. I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. Sure. So if I'm you're saying. a dating sim fan. Check out. It if was called My Best Friend. It's called Best Friend Forever. Best Friends Forever. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like, man, you know, man's best friend is dogs. Okay. And stuff. Yeah. That's, Got it. That's kind of the way <laughs> I think about it. Um, Alex, did you play anything else? I played one more thing. I played a game called Backbone, which is a dystopian noir mystery detective game wherein you play a raccoon and an anthropomorphic uh, civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, civilization like, makes it seem like this big thing. It's a town <laughs> <laughs> uh, with, with uh, animals that walk and talk. Um, and at the top of the... There's like this sort of... There's undertones of, you know, a class-based... Not like a gameplay, like a social class um, system. Okay. Where, wherein, um, you know... Apes are at the top of the food chain, and then everything else kind of dwindles down. And he plays a raccoon, which he is not well liked. Uh, and in the demo, you you run across squirrel. You like the the world is teeming with different animals, and I I thought like they they all have different like they're wearing leather jackets, and like there's this big vignette over the screen because it's like mm. it's supposed to be this noir um, you know look, and they really uh, nail that. They it's a, so it's pixel art um, with 3D um, volumetric lighting um and so something it, you could probably say that it's similar to octopath traveler in that way that sort okay. of look um this is a bit different more on the pixel i don't know uh you have to see it for yourself but gotcha. um but essentially you are walking around this town um and you're looking for an otter in this demo uh and he's gone missing he you're, you're on a case and he's the suspect you got to find him track him down he has some info you need that sort of thing Gotcha. And so through um, talking to people on the street, uh, going through all these different um, narrative trees, you uncover clues and they tell you where they last saw him. So you go and you and everything's like on, on a 2D plane. Um, and so you're like kind of by the end of the by the end of like my demo, I was like at the end of the street. I couldn't really go anywhere else. And so it's kind of easy to figure out where you're going, I think, um, at least in this this little prologue demo I played. But uh, it was still cool to talk to people, find out clues uh and then you know go to the location and discover something so um essentially my demo it it went from like this cutesy not even cutesy but just uh interesting style and i was like oh i was kind of blown away by that and then the story took a big turn towards the end of the demo uh you find out like essentially this otter uh was kidnapped and killed Mm. by this nightclub and you have to like infiltrate the nightclub and uh, talk to the right people and eventually um, they kick you out and the demo, I think was like, uh, cut into different pieces just for sake of time. Uh-huh. I essentially was teleported to like, uh, the basement of the, uh, I think in, there's like a prologue on steam wherein you can play an, an hour long experience. This was just cut into like 30 minutes essentially. So there's some weird jarring cuts there, but I think in the full experience that's like smoothed out. But essentially I had to solve a bunch of puzzles, uh, visual puzzles wherein I, um, there was these pieces of paper on a locker and I needed a key code. Um, and so I had to, there was pictures and then there was these things like construction paper, mm-hmm. but with like cut out holes and they're scattered all over this locker. And I had to, um, with the cursor, 
move them over top of each other. And when you move the, the construction paper over the photo, it would highlight, it would reveal a number. And you had to put do this with several photos and images. Hmm. And then that gave you the key code to get through the door. Um, and so there, it's, it's very much like if, um, if you played Dishonored 2, um, I'm sure there's plenty of other games that do this, but in the first level of that game, you, you overhear people talking about like this ritual, you read their documents and inside there's like a special date mm-hmm. and that correlates with like a, a, a bank safe that you can open. Like it's sort of that thing, like interacting with the world, uh, to uncover clues to then solve puzzles. Gotcha. So it's a cool game. It's called yeah. Backbone. I'm still on the fact that like the, the nightclub killed daughter. Yeah. Oh, and they're feeding his body to the patrons. What kind of is, is right? It, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it got very dark. That sounds interesting. Yeah. It's I was I was pretty blown away. I was expecting it to look good, uh, but sometimes these games, you know, they're not as balanced. Like they might look cool, but not. It's not all mm. fleshed out. This was really well balanced. Like I felt like this is going to be something to look out for. I think we're going to see a lot of buzzer on this. It's not releasing until 2021 though, so it's oh, going to yeah. be a minute. So they got some time. Yep, we got some time. Yep. Um, the last game I played was Pray for the Gods, uh, which was previous, previously uh, Pray P R E Y for the Gods. They changed their name recently uh, to P R A E Y for okay. the Gods. Uh, copyright stuff. Um, but essentially, if you're unfamiliar with this game, it's essentially a Shadow of the Colossus type game. Um, you are going around uh, platforming this environment and uh, fighting gigantic creatures. Okay. Um, I'm assuming they're gods because the game is called Pray for the Gods. But yeah. I, I guess I didn't necessarily like <laughs> some I, sort I, of giant deity, giant deity, giant creatures, whatever, like Colossi. Um, this game is like almost like one for one Shadow of Colossus with some okay. slight differences that I think actually like help improve the experience. Okay. Um, because for me, like I'm a big fan of Shadow of Colossus, one of my favorite games. Also, one of my favorite games is Breath of the Wild. Nice. Which, if you if you pay attention to Zelda and Shadow of Colossus, you can kind of tell that like, oh yeah, Shadow of Colossus takes a lot of inspiration from Zelda, but then a game like Breath of the Wild takes a lot of inspiration from Shadow of Colossus. Yeah. So it kind of works cyc- uh, um, cyclically. Cyclically? Okay, yeah. Cyclically. Uh, cyclically. It's early. <laughs> it's early. Um, but it works like that, right? And you can tell that Pray for the Gods was like, okay, yeah, we see like, how these games kind of work together. We're going to take influences from both of the games, right? And so, like, you're going around killing monsters, um, kind of like Shadow Colossus. Okay. Exactly like Shadow Colossus. Okay. But also the game takes influences from games like Breath of the Wild to where, like, there's a sprint system, right? And you press your... Um, I played on the DualShock, and so I pressed X, and X was sprint. Um, and you could see, like, the circle uh, kind of draining my stamina, kind of like exactly in Breath of the Wild. Okay. Um, which I thought was cool. Um, nice. Climbing ele- there's climbing elements, which the climbing is more akin to actually i feel like the climbing took um uh, a little bit from Some both skill. breath of the wild oh, okay. from um well it took a, it took a little bit of influence from breath of the wild and okay. a lot of influence from shadow colossus in the way that you're jumping and the way that sure. you're holding on and all that yeah. stuff. um overall i really enjoyed my time with it you nice. can kind of tell though that like this is definitely an indie game this okay. is definitely like you know shadow colossus at the time it came out beautiful beautiful experience yeah um it looked incredible um, same with the remaster, right? Like the remake came on a uh, PS4 and the game is one of the most incredible looking games on the PS4. Yeah. Uh, Pray for the gods. Definitely. Like, isn't it's that, kinda, it's not, it's not that right. It's, it's still stylish. It still is going for something cool and it still looks good. Yeah. Right. It's just, uh, it's not, it, if you have that level of expectation of like, oh yeah, I know Shadow Colossus is like a beautiful game. Right. It's definitely like not at that level, 
but still looks great. Um, instead of a sword, they give you, uh, instead of a sword, the, um, I'm just going to call them Colossi. Sure. The Colossi <laughs> have like these panels that you pull out and you jam back into them and that's oh, how you cool. deal damage. Yeah. And so it's like a cool kind of like twist on like the stabbing into them thing. And then, um, I, they also, you also have a hook shot, which is very Zelda. Um, there you go. And you can use the hook shot to like platform. And then like, I used the hook shot while I was fighting the Colossus I was fighting during the demo. That's And neat. so legit, like I was able to like um uh, get behind him and then look up and like usually <clears throat> usually in shadow colossus you are you know grabbing onto the leg and then climbing up the leg and then climbing up the body and then trying to get to the head and stab them right i was able to get behind the colossus um find a uh, look at a spot um hook aim shot. the hook shot hook shot up and then like essentially like zoom my way onto the colossus that way that's really cool. a really cool feeling really awesome um i think this is a game that people should look out for i think it's dope i think it's gonna come out and i think people are gonna really enjoy it Yo, what's up? Welcome to day two of OKB's PAX West 2019 discussions. Of course, I'm Blessing. This is Alex. Alex, yeah. it's day two. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I'm also uh, feeling good. We got to the show a little late today. Uh, kind of took our time, got a nice brunch. But yeah. then I came with the energy and I saw a bunch of cool games. Yeah, man. Uh, I saw a bunch of cool games also. Let's talk about them. So for me, the first game I saw, I had an appointment for this one. And this is actually the only one I had an appointment for today. The other games I, I essentially just walked up um, and played. But the first one I, I played today... Uh, was Groundhog's Day VR. Ooh, okay. Like Father, Like Son. I think that's the full name. Yeah, it's like the official sequel, right? License yes, and it's everything. It's the official sequel to the Groundhog's Day movie, which I've never actually seen. Um, I saw it when I was like eight, I think. It's, it's, I haven't seen it since. So the game is interesting. It's a VR game. I played it on PSVR. Mm -hmm. um, it is, it's different. I'll say that. I don't know much about, <laughs> I don't know much about Groundhog's Day uh, as far as the movie, aside from like the basic premise of like, you are reliving the same day over and over and over again. Sure, yeah. Um, and so I guess the game kind of, uh, the, the game uh, picks up with uh, the, the main character from the movie's son. Okay. So you're playing as, who's the main character in the movie Groundhog's Day? Who's like the actor? Oh, you know. Famous actor. Um, Freaking, what's his Bill name? Murray. Bill Murray. Thank, thank you. you. Bill Murray. I can see his face. <laughs> yeah. Bill, you're playing as Bill Murray's son uh, in this game. And Michael Murray, Mike, yes, Mikel Murray. <laughs> um, you're playing as Mikel Murray, uh, and uh, you essentially have like the same thing going on uh, with you, where you wake up and you're like, oh snap, it's the same day or whatever. Yeah, um, this the, is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. The demo I played was um, I essentially had to choose like whether I wanted to go through like an action section or a puzzle section, and so I essentially solved uh, this puzzle where I had to make a coffee machine work. One of the weirdest demos for a video game I've ever played because I didn't understand at all how it related to Groundhog's Day. And VR, how VR is one of those those weird things where they're like, yeah, man, just like throw this ball. And it's like, they, they yeah. make it fun because you're like... And it was cool because like legit, okay, so I had to open up this coffee machine and essentially like reorganize a bunch of like wires and stuff so that they'd, um, they'd connect. Yeah. Um, essentially, I play like the pipe puzzle game where you're trying to make like the pipe connect to like the two ends and okay. you rotate stuff and like except, except since you're in VR you're like picking things up and placing them in the right direction the VR is kind of finicky um but like I don't know man it was interesting um I was probably more excited for it before I played it than after I played it I was oh, like don't say that yeah after I played it I was like this is kind of weird um it's kind of different okay but I, I don't know if it's different in a good way it seems like it's gonna be it seems like it's going to be a collection of just like random mini games. From what I can tell from the way it was presented, that's kind of what I got from it. Okay. Um, that, but I yeah. mean, I'm hoping that, that that tediousness changes over time as you get, you progress further through Groundhog's Day. Like, yeah. No? I don't, I still, and this is the thing, it wasn't a great demo. 
because the demo was only 10 minutes long um i got there and it felt like um i played for i, I guess like, 10 minutes and like by the time i took off my headset i was like oh that's it uh very quick and it didn't really hint at me that there's gonna be like a lot of uh progression as far as like um, what you do yeah like it seems like it's, it's gonna be like a collection of random things you're doing my hope is that it would be something like minute where each run you figure out some piece to the puzzle maybe you know what i mean <laughs> it didn't seem like that okay i don't know what i don't i don't know where the groundhog's day mechanic comes in okay they didn't do a good job of, of really like ex explaining that um, I, wonder if it's I, I hope that is more than just like a backdrop and a reason to do that sort of game i hope know? so too I really do. Okay. Um, Alex, what, what was the first game you played? Um, the first game that I played this week was a game called Forgone. I actually okay. played this at yeah, PAX so you talked East. about this before. Yeah, I briefly touched on it at PAX East. Uh, it was eight months in development at the time mm. that I played it at PAX East. It is much, uh, much more progressed this time around. Uh, mm. And however, I think they're they're still like very aware. Like we have uh, more ways to progress and we're not done. Uh, if people aren't familiar with it, it is a... I would say it's pretty close to Dead Cells um, in its gameplay and and even art style. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think it shies away from that particularly, um, and I think that's fine. Um, I think that it's it's gonna shape it be a solid entry into that sort of game. Mm. Um, was it a different demo? Yes, it was a different okay. demo. Uh, this one was a lot had a lot of new enemies, new ability. There, was, when I played it at Pax East, the character didn't have any abilities. It was just melee range attack. Okay. Now I had three abilities. I had an AOE. I had a dash kind of like in Katana Zero. Mm -hmm. It doesn't slow down time, but it does damage as you dash through enemies. Okay. And then uh, I had a shield that I could summon, um, like a uh, an aura per se. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of, it's it's really shaping out to be something cool, I think. I'm, I'm so curious how they're going to, you know, separate themselves um, from Dead Cells. And I don't even know if it's that, that's something that they care about, you know, I think they're just trying to make like a solid yeah. game in that genre. And I think that's, I think that's totally fine. Um, they've hinted at several boss fights, which that is something that, you know, Dead Cells has some boss fights, but this seems, uh, the bosses seem very giant. Whereas Dead Cells is like, oh, it's a dude with a sword and he's like in the clock tower. Whereas this is like a giant bird or a giant skull, like very like taking up the screen. Okay. That makes sense on like the 2D space. So huh. I think they're trying to differentiate themselves in that way. I still haven't played a boss fight. Mm -hmm. um, that's like kind of where the demos have ended each time. And I've seen the demo in on two different boss, like boss teases. Okay. So their, their animation is gorgeous. Their art is gorgeous. Um, like I said, really shaping up. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I think they're trying to hit early access early next year mm -hmm. in 2020. So nice. I think like every time I've seen it, it's been better and better. So there's no reason to think that that's not going to continue to happen. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's called Forgone. Forgone. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, I guess today might be the day of, of uh, roguelites because uh, I played Plunge. Okay. Um, Plunge is a game that is actually out now on Switch and PC. Um, it is a roguelike game where the main mechanic is okay, i'm gonna take you on a journey okay take me on a journey um you remember in the old pokemon games where you would have like the puzzles you would solve by like sliding on ice blocks yes and so if you stepped on an ice block you would keep going 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 until you reach the end yes um it's this is like a whole game based on that mechanic okay where like you were essentially like whenever you press a direction um you're on a grid if you press one direction on a grid you gotta like, go full that direction if you press right you go all the way right okay. um and you're essentially like uh you, you use that to navigate um, a small grid map um, enemies appear on that grid and so like if you want to attack an enemy like you press um, the direction of that enemy uh, while standing by them to attack them okay. um, it is this like fun like isometric 
um, uh, a cool art style game uh, where you're essentially like going deeper, deeper, deeper into this map. Okay. Um, and it's run based, and so yeah, like it is. Um, it is a roguelite. Um, you have characters with different abilities you can choose for each run. Um, I had a really good time with it. It's out now. People should check it out. Awesome. Um, yeah, the plunge. Um, I, th- I think that's all I had to say about it. Awesome. I, 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 my, my time with it was pretty short because I was actually pretty bad at it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I tried it twice. Um, and both times I died uh, fairly quickly. Uh, seemed to be like a pretty difficult game, uh, but seemed to have a lot of cool things going on. I appreciated nice. it. Yep. That's awesome. What was the next game you played? Uh, the next and last thing I played today was um, Predator Hunting Grounds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so this is the upcoming asymmetrical multiplayer game mm-hmm. uh, from Elphonic. They, did, uh, they worked on uh, Friday the 13th. Which I know was uh, pretty popular yeah. uh, in that kind of genre. And this is pretty cool too because like Friday the Thirteenth for them kind of got shut down because of copyright stuff going on. Yep. And yep. so like for them to get the Predators IP and be able to use that to make a similar type of game seems pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so the setup is that one character plays as the Predator. Um, they have all sorts of different abilities. Um, you have a plasma cannon, at least in this demo. I believe mm. that you, you'll be able to customize what you have. Um, that, that was what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a plasma cannon that I could either fire rapidly or I could charge up and hit Marines with. Um, I had the, um, the uh, like, there's kind of like a glove, like a, a knife, a hand knife, essentially. A hand that, knife. That are like, think like Assassin's Creed, like the mm. secret blade. Like, oh, you have like that sort like of a like, shank. Yeah, like if you, people that Predator like fans know shank. what I'm talking about. Yeah. They're like on the outside of the Predator's hands. Yeah, if you've been in jail, you know, you, you yeah, exactly. About, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, you could also there's a lot of mobility. You could you could turn invisible. You could jump from tree to tree mm-hmm. um, and sprint pretty quickly. And then uh, the predator could also if you hold if you press down on the D pad, it opens up your thermal vision. Mm-hmm. You can see footprints on the ground and track marine the four marines you're trying to kill. That's cool. Um, you can hold it uh, once you have that thermal vision activated. You can hold the D pad down again, um, and you can like. You can see they visualize sound. And so if people are making a lot of noise, there's a larger like heat source and like it emanates from your screen. It's cool. Mm. Um, They they really make you feel like you're playing the predator, you know, kind of fulfills that fantasy. Um, And then on the other side of the the multiplayer battle are the four Marines that are all controlled by different people. Mm. Uh, They're kind of your typical, you know, Marine. They have it's first person, whereas when you're playing as the predator, it's third person. So the Marines are rocking guns. They've got, I think they have a few grenades each, and then they have three stem packs to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, the Marines are essentially going through, they're all like on their own mission. So they are hacking into computers. They are um, delivering, you know, finding items and, and securing locations and moving on to the next place. And their goal is eventually to get to a helicopter that they, they had to, uh, I guess, escape from. That's what it seemed like it was happening. Mm-hmm. So the Predator's job is to derail all of that. And so you can kill everybody whenever you want. Um, you have limited health resources, and you just have to kind of pick and choose your battles. Um, and so it was a really, it was a really fun back and forth. I played as the predator, uh, had a blast. I, there, it was a lot to handle. I think as for like my first match, it was kind of you kind of get lost in the sauce a little bit. Yeah. But I think when you can actually sit down and play this game uh, and learn it, I think it's gonna be really fun uh, for both sides. It seemed like a great back and forth. So yeah. Mm. I think Predator uh, Hunting Grounds is nice. shaping up to be pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, well, the last game I played uh, was another roguelite, okay. Cat Lady. Cat Lady. Okay. It was called Cat Lady. It was in the Indie Mega Booth. Okay. Um, and I, so I had this game described to me as like a kind of like a twin stick shooter kind of situation. Mm-hmm. When I started playing it, what I realized immediately is that this game is basically a Binding of Isaac type okay. of game. And so you play as cat lady uh <laughs> you go around uh i believe you're using you're using your cats as weapons okay um and they your cats shoot 
they shoot meows? It's not tears. Because in Binding of Isaac, you're like shooting tears because you're a crying baby. Yeah. I think here you're like shooting... I think you're shooting meows. I'm not exactly... I actually I wasn't really paying attention, so I'm not sure what you're shooting, but you're shooting stuff. Okay, uh, you're, you're going around... Cat your, energy. General cat, cat energy. energy. Okay. Yeah, you're going around uh, trying to navigate... Um, I don't know what you're navigating. You're navigating a... A dungeon? I guess. A cat lady dungeon? A cat lady dungeon? That's what yeah. it looked like for me. Like, I, I watched the game a little yeah, bit. Yeah, now I think about it, I have no idea, like, really what the, the story premise is. <laughs> All I know is that it plays a lot like uh, Binding of Isaac. I really okay. enjoy playing it. It felt good to play. Um, I thought the progression was pretty interesting. I like There's the art style. The art style is cool. There's different type of cats you can pick up. And so, like, the cat you start off with is kind of like a pea shooter cat. Okay. Where she's like, pop, pop, pop. And then, yeah. um... There was another cat that I picked up. It was kind of like a shotgun type of thing where it would shoot like three bullets, but like a spread. Okay. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, I, it was kind of tough in some, in some situations. Yeah. Um, like roguelites are. And so that was pretty fun. Um, nice. And overall, like I had a pretty good time with it. Um, I'm not sure when it's coming out, but it, it, it I don't think it's. This is the first time I've seen it. It's I the first like, time I've seen it too. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's probably that probably one that won't come until at least next year. Really? I, th I feel like it. Was it pretty polished? Pretty for it far seemed along? pretty polished. Oh, okay. And so I don't know if it's gonna be imminent. I know like a game like um uh uh what was the last game I just played? It's Plunge. Yeah. Plunge was already out, right? And that game is like, oh, okay. that game was that Plunge is like a small game that's like ten dollars, nice. I imagine. Um, and this game, uh, Cat Lady, seems like it could be in a similar vein where it's like on the store for ten bucks, fifteen bucks, or whatever. And it, it might remind, not be too the art style reminded me of Gato Roboto. Yes. Okay. Yes. Which is funny because you don't yes. you also play a cat in that game? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so, um, <laughs> Cat Lady seems super cool. Um, and that was pretty much it for me. Um, and that's it for you. Um, of course, this has been day two of OKB's PAX West discussion. Yo, what's up? Welcome to day three of OKB's OK PAX West 2019 discussions. Of course, I'm Blessing. Uh, this is Alex Van Aken. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, change of scenery, change of setting, because we always got to mix it up. You never know what you're going get, to get with us. Um, we're here to talk about some more video games that we've been playing. Um, it's our final day. Uh, we're wrapping up a few things, um, tying some knots, yeah. um, and playing some of the last games that we're going get to get to get our hands on. Um, Alex, what's the first game you played? Uh, so the first game I played today was a game called uh, Quantum League. So Quantum League is a, um, it's going to have multiple modes, uh, but I played a 1v1 mode. It's okay. a, have you, did you, do you remember the um, the arcade game X, on Xbox Live, Monday Night Combat? Not at all, no. Okay, so think of like a sports setting. Everything is like pretty clear. The colors are really simple um, and you're playing in like an arena. So uh, it works for the, the theme of the game as well okay. as just as a viewer, it's kind of, they want it to be as easy to read as possible okay. because the game itself is complicated. <laughs> Interesting. So, so what's the so the game itself is called Quantum League. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing time has to be involved somehow. And yeah. a league. And a league, yes. Okay. Uh, you're you're spot on. Um, so Quantum League is a FPS game mm -hmm. with time manip or everything, you're stuck in a time loop. So at the start of every round, every round is only about ten seconds long. Um, and you have every round you are sending out a clone of yourself in a different timeline. Okay. Um, and multiplayer. So, multiplayer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I played one v one. They they're gonna bring two v two out soon. Um, but yeah, so I'm playing against. I played against Ian actually. Okay. So um, the first round, I sent my guy out. Every the, the objective of the game is to stand on a middle platform in the middle of the arena, and if you are standing on that and alive at the end of the round, you get a point. Okay. Interesting. So, pretty simple, but huh. then... So what's, the, so what's what's the gameplay like? Is it 
shooting? Is it like what's the comp? Like, is there combat? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it, okay. It's shooting. So um, you you start out every match. You can pick a weapon. So you can play sniper, pistol, really okay. whatever, shotgun. And the idea is that every round you're sending a clone out. So let's say round one, I send one of my guys. I'm playing as him. Like I am playing the game. Mm. I'm running to the left. I get a kill. Next round, a clone of myself is going and doing that exact same action. Mm -hmm. Now I get to go and do another action as a second version of myself. So let's say, um, so we do that. Let's say we get to the third round. So I've got two people on the field and so do they. Okay. But in the round before that, one of their guys shot my guy. Now if this round, if I can use my third round to send out my third clone and take out the clone from their second round that was going to kill mine, then suddenly I have more people in the field. It's it's really it's awesome. hard to talk about honestly huh. because it's really complicated. Um, but just it, it is FPS with stuck in a time loop. So that sounds awesome. It, it was really good, and I think myself and Ian were blown away. And even the devs were talking about how this game is going to be hard to talk about. Yeah. Um, it's because it is so complicated. Uh, but at one point in the demo, we had several. So no matter where you are, what you're doing, um, there all of your actions are like locked in time. And yeah. so at one point, we were like six rounds in, so I had five people on the field. Mm -hmm. um, and I had... Because it's saving your progress each time. Right? Exactly, okay. yeah. So, and at one point, I had sniped, uh, I shot a sniper at a spot, mm -hmm. but I wasn't paying attention in the, the subsequent round. I accidentally ran into that bullet with my own oh, guy. Oh, okay. So the next round, he said, go kill your sniper character. Uh, so that you can save your other character from the past oh, timeline. Oh shoot! Yeah, it that's was, wild. Yeah, that it, sounds awesome. Yeah, it is. It is awesome when it clicks for sure. Interesting. So cool. Is yeah. There any, do you know? Is, is there any release information for that one? Uh, or I think they said January 2020. They're aiming for. Okay. Right now there is like a uh, beta on Steam that you can get access to. I believe um, that's just like constantly running. So. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was called Quantum League. Quantum League. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, the first game I played uh, is this game called No Straight Roads. Okay. Um, essentially, it's a rhythm action platformer. No, not platform. Rhythm, rhythm action game. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially, it is um, the game takes place in a city where uh, EDM has taken over. Um, EDM controls the city, electronic dance music. Um, the main characters you play as, you play as two characters, um, and both of them are, they are rock musicians. Uh, that's their passion, their passion is rock. And essentially the- It seems like a classic thing, like rock versus EDM. Rock, I mean, and that's like, that's like the tagline of the game, is rock versus EDM, oh, right? Okay. And so like, you are essentially playing the main characters who are trying to bring rock back um, because like rock is their passion, rock is what they love, right? Okay. In the society, and, it, and the fun thing is like, you know, since it's EDM, right, it's industrial, it is um, a society, it's like a futuristic society, okay. um, and everything is like from the top down, we're like, oh, we're, 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 um, we're bringing down the, the EDM, we are, uh, EDM controls everything, right? Um, and so since it's a rhythm action game, right, you play the game like pretty much any action game, right? You have your jump, you have your, um, your attack, you have, you have, um, your, I guess, basic action game mechanics, okay. but the rhythm part comes into it because the, the enemies essentially attack on the rhythm to the music that is playing. So okay. you're usually gonna have um, either rock or EDM playing in the background. Um, I played uh, two portions of the game. I played a boss fight with a DJ, I think, Subatomic Supernova. Okay, wow. Those lines. <laughs> yeah, no, the game is really stylish, um, really stylistic. And so like the art style, I don't really know what to compare it to. It's almost like a mixture of like Persona 5 uh, mixed with um, I don't know, man, like Saturday morning cartoonish. Okay. Um, that type of vibe. Um, really lighthearted, uh, really colorful. Uh, indie game made by a small team. 
uh, 3D. Um, really cool. Um, let's see, what else? What else? What else? My, one of my big takeaways from No Straight Roads is the writing and the characters and the performances. So the writing is fun. The writing is funny. Okay. I think they do a really good job of building the world and building out um, this futuristic, futuristic city. Uh, city. I wish that the performances were slightly better. Um, okay. I think the game... That's kind of important in a music game, right? Like, well, you have to... You want a vibe. Well, not necessarily the performances of, okay. like... Like, not the performances of the music. Like, the music is great. Oh, the okay. character performances, like, the way they're delivering their lines... Okay. Um, I wish it was slightly better because, like... Uh, I think the game was developed in Malaysia. Um, and the developers... Uh, I don't know if, like, they... I don't know if the voice actors also are Malaysian. They, def they definitely had uh, uh, strong accents. Uh, which at points made it difficult for me to really understand what they were saying because it wasn't uh, as clear. And I wish the acting was kind of like more. Um, I wish there was more there in the acting, as I guess is what I'd say in the vo voice performance. Okay. Um, but overall, though, I thought the writing was great. I thought um, what they were doing to build this world was really cool. And uh, the stylish elements that they put into the game, uh, such as like some pop up text uh, and the way that stuff worked, I thought was really, really cool. Dope. Okay. Yeah. Want to talk about Stadia? Before we talk about Stadia, though, was there anything else you played? Uh, I played a game called Bravery uh, mm. Online Network, I believe is what it's called. Okay. Um, it's uh, going into it. I, actually, Ian uh, from OK Beast, um, he said that he really enjoyed it, so I walked over and played it. It's a, um, uh, I think it has it's single player and PvP. Like you can play online with people, mm. but it's a uh, turn-based fighting game essentially. So um, think like Pokemon, where you have like physical attacks, um, you have elemental attacks, and this you have physical, digital, and emotional attacks, and then okay. you have this. You choose a team of fighters, um, and, I, and I believe there's going to be you'll be able to customize them. They kind of had a um, just a three selected uh, kind of families, I guess that you could play as. Okay. And think of it almost like like a uh, cartoonish street gang sort of thing, where they are like biker gang, like they are. They all have each have their distinct kind of attitude and you know uh, background. Mm -hmm. um, and so you choose this and you play it out. Each team has five people on each side. It's 2D, so one side is your team, the other is the enemy. Mm -hmm. And so you are constantly like swapping out your people. Um, it's almost like a fast-paced Pokemon game um, where you, there is a lot of um, back and forth as far as like swapping characters out, getting the counters in, mm -hmm. um, but it's all turn-based. So it's, it's easy to pick up. Uh, the art style is great. So I recommend if you're a fan of turn-based games or fighting games and you want like a, a twist, right? Um, I think uh, Bravery Online Network is is your game. So Awesome. Let's talk about Stadia. Yes. So we both played Doom Eternal mm -hmm. on Google Stadia for about 30 minutes. Yep. Um, for you, what was your immediate takeaway? Uh, I think I told you, the first thing I told you when we got done with our, our demo was there was a chunk of the game where I f legit... Forgot I was playing on Stadia. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. After a while, like after the first like five minutes, even the, after the first two minutes, honestly, like I was immediately like engrossed in the experience. Like Stadia doesn't run uh, perfectly because it's, it's not it's not as it's not consistent necessarily. Yeah, it's not it's not fully consistent. And there are like th some things where I was like, okay, is this the game or is this Stadia? But we're playing Doom Eternal, which Doom is generally like a very polished game, so I have to assume that it's probably Stadia when, especially with the frame hiccups. Yeah. Um, it's not. And like, we we are playing in a convention center. Yeah. Off of Chromebooks. Yeah, and I mean, but like, see, just to, just to qualify yeah, what we're talking I did about, a, I did a whole uh, Twitter thread, and I, and I and I clarified in that thread that like, you know, the the game ran like very well, right? Had some frame hitches, but also we're running off of like their setup. Um, I'm sure they brought their own internet, right? Yeah. And so like, experience may vary. This may not uh, really account for the final product to Google Stadia because yeah. we really don't know. But based on what we were able to play, um, that was streaming worked very well on what I'm assuming is fantastic internet. Um, 
uh, uh, as far as Stadia, right? The controller is really cool. Felt good. It's a mixture. It's kind of, a, I think you were saying it's a blend of kind of the DualShock and the Xbox yeah, One controller like a bit. The Xbox One controller, I think, is the best controller like available. Yeah. Uh, the form factor, the way it feels, the way it feels to hold, the way the buttons feel, everything feels good. My only complaint about the Xbox controller is the D-pad that is very clicky. Okay. But aside from that, I think the Xbox One controller is by far the best controller in the market. Mm -hmm. I really like the, the DualShock 4 because of the stick placement. I like the sticks being on the bottom. I know a lot of people disagree with that. Um, but I guess for me, just growing up with PlayStation, that was always like my uh, my uh, preferred way of playing. Mm -hmm. The Google Stadia has the stick placement that I like, but also I feel like the form factor and the way it feels, I think hits that Xbox One controller level of comfortability, uh, the buttons feel right, the way it feels. Dude, the analog sticks for some reason felt super great. The analog sticks did feel The did analog feel good. sticks felt sexy. And then the, uh, the um, right, the left triggers, the right, right and left triggers, uh, I thought felt great. Um, yeah. Everything, everything about the form factor and the way it felt in my hand, I thought was perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably not uh, as down on it or as up with it as you are, but mm -hmm. I mean. I, I enjoyed it. It was so like I, it wasn't a distraction, right? Like yeah. I think I probably prefer some other controllers more, but I think like for what it is, like it, mm. it gets the job done, and and I think it feels quality. Yeah. Um, Doom Eternal, really awesome. Dude, uh, the hook shotgun. Wait, so you, okay, were you able to use the hook? I yes. was never able to figure that out. Oh, so so um, the left trigger. I was pressing that. Maybe I uh, ran out of ammo. Oh yeah, there is. It's limited ammo. Okay, maybe that's what happened because I kept trying to use it because I kept I kept getting getting stuck in certain situations because I didn't have my head wrapped around all the controls. Because yeah. they added a lot of stuff to this Doom game. Um, they added a, a dash mechanic mm -hmm. um, where you can do like a double dash, um, not Mario Kart double dash, <laughs> but but um, the, the, so you can jump in the air, dash. Dash again, jump again, because you have a double jump. Yeah. Um, dude, the the platforming elements in this game I think are really great. Um, the way they encourage you to move around I think is really. There's actual really great. climbing. There's actual climbing. Um, the movement in this game, in this game, and the um, extra uh, weapons and equipment they they um, uh, let you have in this game I think really enhance the experience. And so uh, you get the dashes. You also get a flamethrower that if you use, your enemy will drop health. Um, yes, instead yes. of like ammo, if you use so they they keep the thing where if you have your chainsaw, if you use your chainsaw, chainsaw an enemy, a bunch of ammo, right? Flamethrower an enemy, uh, a bunch of health, and then um, if you get a glory kill, um, I think it's like a mixture between like you know health, ammo, uh, armor, or whatever. Okay. Um, and so like they keep uh, the kind of those basic systems, but I think uplift them uh, with more variety, which I think works really well. Uh, the game feels as good, if not better, as Doom 2016, which is really exciting because Doom 2016 felt great. The music I think was still on that. That great level of like um, they had like that hardcore rock sound mixed with like some uh, electronic sounds. Oh, dope. Okay. Yeah, but I, they had the headphones down pretty low. My, yeah, I couldn't. I yeah. couldn't hear anything. But like from what I heard, of the music sounded pretty great. Um, and then the the enemy variety I thought was also pretty good. Yeah, there, the, we probably fought like what eight oh, or nine different enemies. Dude, a lot of different enemies and the, the enemy degradation. Yeah. Um, when you're like shooting them, taking them down, the way they destruct. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I'm I'm super ready for this. It game. felt really good. Like yeah. uh, going into into November when when Doom Eternal comes out, I was excited for the game. I was I was honestly like I was I wasn't sure if I was gonna pick it up though because of the slate of games coming out. Mm. You know, Death Stranding, Pokemon, dude, all of that. It's it's, it's I think I have it's to play it now. One hundred percent on my list, and it one hundred percent like I'm after playing this demo. It's become a priority. Yeah, after the, after playing this demo, I'm like, man. I wonder how this is going to stack up to me uh, against Resident Evil 2 as far as like great games this year, right? Yeah. Because like, I beat Resident Evil 2 and I was like, wow, this is a really incredible experience. Probably one of the best games I've played this year. Um, Doom Eternal playing that, I was like, man, these. as far as like great games coming out this year, like it's, it's going to be a, a bloodbath, you know, figuring yeah. out like game of the year, uh, those conversations are for those for the action categories, you know, like there's a, there's a lot of things going on, man, in that game. Yeah. I'm really excited for I it. I think just the overall like wrapping up, like 
the mobility of the game. Vertical mobility, yeah. especially. Dude, ver so, like, the glory kills uh, were a thing, of course, in Doom 2016. And you can do them mid-air. Yeah, and you can do them mid-air. Yeah. But, like, in this one, I think they even, uh, they accounted for more angles yeah. that you come out yeah. with. And so, like, I did a vertical, or I did a, um, a glory kill while up in the air, landing down on an enemy. And so when I did it, um, I essentially stomped on them. Uh, and, like, they accounted for, like, the direction I was coming uh, coming from mid-air, right? Um, that, that type of attention to detail, uh, that type of, like, I guess, present presentation uh, is really working out for the game, and yeah, I think the game's yeah. going to be awesome. Me too. And I think that's it. Mm -hmm. Of course. Uh, this has been day three and our last day of PAX West 2019 discussions. Of course, I've been Blessing. Follow me on Twitter, at BlessingJr. Alex Van Aken is on Twitter, at It's Van Aken. Of course, this is OKBeast. Okay uh, we upload videos uh, on this channel, right? The YouTube.com slash OKBeast. Okay yep channel uh like subscribe share do all that good stuff listen to the okb's okay podcast listen we're gonna to have all sorts of stuff i'm sure we'll probably talk about yeah. packs in the next episode a bit yeah, we're talking about packs in the next episode we talked about packs uh, on stir fry which you find on patreon.com slash okay beast uh, but until next time of course i'm a blessing that's been alex we'll see you guys later bye Thank you so much for listening to this recap of our PAX West 2019 coverage. Of course, if you enjoyed it, you can uh, head over to twitter.com slash okbeastnow. Throw us a follow uh, and uh, follow me at It's Van Aiken and follow Blessing at Blessing Jr. Let us know what you thought about all the games that we played, if there are any that, that really excite you. Don't forget that we put up the OKBeast OK podcast every single Monday right here on this RSS feed. So make sure you subscribe, hit that follow button. That's going to do it for us today. Have a great week, everybody.